Good morning. I'm John, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 24th. How does a new word make it into the vernacular? If you're listening to this, then chances are you love wrestling. And if you care to continue the conversation with me, John, and other listeners of this show, then I invite you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. Just search for Daily Wrestling News Show or go to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show and click join. We cannot wait to meet you there. The group is brand new, so if you're one of the first to join, don't be afraid to say hi. Now, on with the show. On this day in 1999, the WWF taped the very first episode of SmackDown at the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. At least part of the day must have been somber, as this was the WWF's first visit to the building since Owen Hart's tragic accident in May. But if there's any group that can pack those kind of feelings down and go on with the show, it's most definitely sports entertainers. While there had been a previous one-off SmackDown special that aired late in April, this would be episode one of the series that now has aired more than 1,200 episodes over the course of 23-plus years. Wrestling was white-hot in 1999, and The Rock himself was practically nuclear. Wrestling had been around for generations, but really took off nationally in the mid-1980s with the birth of Hulkamania, which helped the WWF sell a whole bunch of toys to pre-teens. In 1999, though, you couldn't go anywhere in the U.S. without eventually spotting a teen or someone in their 20s or 30s in a DX, Austin 316, or NWO t-shirt. While it wasn't completely cool and mainstream yet to be a proud wrestling fan, I can tell you from personal experience, while working a crummy job in a big corporate office building, I found myself on several occasions being overheard chatting about wrestling, only to have a stranger or someone I barely knew bust out a rousing, if you smell. Sometimes they would finish it, sometimes they would realize a lot of people were staring and just walk on. Then you'd get a wink and a smile, and away you went. Wrestling was huge in general and the WWF was now leading the way. They had turned the tide in the Monday Night Wars in the last quarter of 1998, and by the summer of 99, there were weeks where Raw would literally double the audience of Monday Nitro. Raw was drawing more than 7 million viewers on a weekly average, and prior to the launch of SmackDown as the number two weekly show, there were weeks where Sunday Night Heat would outdraw Nitro by nearly half a million viewers. So yes, WWF was big time and their biggest rising star was The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin still ruled the roost, but The Rock was rising. And I don't mean rising up the card, as he was already a three-time champion, having played hot potato with Mankind and the WWF title in the first quarter of the year. I mean in the public consciousness. Stone Cold sold more 316 shirts than just about any shirt in wrestling history. And of course, had more than one option, but 316 was his number one with a bullet. The Rock could have sold a new shirt every week, whether it was the Brahma Bull cartoon eating a slice of pie, his bull tattoo outline, the SmackDown Hotel, just bring it, and on and on and on. The minute The Rock said it, you could pump out a million shirts. So when the WWF did add that second big weekly show, borrowing the name from a Rock catchphrase was practically a no-brainer. And of course, The Rock had to main event that first show. The card that night was packed. While not necessarily household names yet, 
Even the dark matches included names like Kurt Angle, Edge, Christian, and the Hardys. All the champions would be seen on that night, as even the Hardcore Championship would change hands when Big Boss Man pinned Al Snow after a shot from his nightstick. Shane McMahon not only appeared, but performed. He would beat former WWF champion Mankind after Triple H, who had taken the title from Mankind the previous night on Raw, hit Mankind with a chair. The main event would feature Triple H defending that WWF championship against The Rock. Triple H would retain after referee Shawn Michaels hit sweet chin music on The Rock to cut him off just shy of delivering the people's elbow. Triple H followed with a pedigree before getting the three count. So, how does a new word make it into the vernacular? Well, this doesn't hold true 100% of the time, but riding a wave of popularity like the wrestling business saw in the late 90s sure doesn't hurt. Of course, the term SmackDown existed before it ever passed the lips of The Rock on WWF television, but it takes someone special to make it a household word. And nowadays, you can't turn on the TV without hearing a commercial for a sale that features a SmackDown on prices, or an evening news tease that doesn't promise one local community laying the SmackDown on crime, and so on. So how does a new word make it into the vernacular? Well, you would just have to be as cool as Downtown Bruno, a.k.a. Harvey Whippleman, the man The Rock credits with coming up with the term. But it also helps to have a good friend who is as electrifying as little Dewey Johnson turned out to be. This has been the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 24th, 2022. We'll see you tomorrow.